for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Dun, 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 dun. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, February 25th, 2014. This is episode 115 of Attack of the Androids. Every Tuesday night, right here, live, attackoftheandroids.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee, and this is Nick Carroll. What's up, Nick? Hey, uh, Matt. Glad to be back. <laughs> Good to be back with you. Uh, if Am I lagging? It might be my damn roommates watching the damn Netflix to go kill the Wi-Fi or something. <laughs> But uh, all sorts of stuff coming out of Mobile World Congress happening in Barcelona right now. Uh, I'm sure all of the androids are talking about that. So uh, what should we start out with? You want to talk about the Nokia X? Yeah, a little bit. I'm, uh, I'm a little surprised slash depressed that it is what it is. <laughs> it's a really low-end uh, smartphone with no Google integration and... Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> is it is it integrated with Amazon? No, even worse, Microsoft's <laughs> services. So Microsoft's it's an Android services. So yeah. it's an Android phone running Windows <laughs> Windows Mobile. I I don't I don't get it. I don't think they get it either. It's basically Android running the Android open source project. So <laughs> that's the right. way of getting around. So so far so good, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's free, you know, to them, and it's a, a dirt cheap phone. It's really underpowered, and it's more for these emerging or opening markets. But uh, I'm just surprised at just how low end it is. But uh, they're they're really not even trying to compete with any of the. I would even say they're not even competing against low end phones, medium end, or high end phones. They're they're competing at the lowest end uh, of the market segment, and uh, I don't know. I was kind of hoping they would have something decent uh, for maybe the uh, North American markets. So, but it's 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 a Windows. I I don't get like why. I mean, they want to be used by people. They want to be popular and everything. But why? Like, does this seem like a weird way to go about doing that uh, after the the Scroogle ads? And I get this isn't a Google Android experience, but I it just seems like kind of a weird thing. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't see in any way whatsoever this really competes with Android. It it almost competes with their Asha market, uh, and with you know the lowest end. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you look at the specifications, I mean, they have four inch screens, which isn't necessarily bad if you take into account you know that the iPhones, you know, they have four inch screens. Those are high res uh, screens. You know, they may not may not even be like full HD or even HD. You know, like 640 12 megs but the Nokia X plus and the XL the larger version 786 megs and uh, storage looking at four gigs of storage total and the two smaller four inch phones the Nokia X and the XL no the X and the X plus have only one camera three megapixel and uh, the XL the larger version the five inch version has a five inch um, 
have a, has a five megapixel uh, camera, but uh, small batteries. I won't bore you with all the specs, but these are very low end devices that are coming going to come in around the hundred dollar mark. They kind of look like see. So if you don't have a phone, they're better than nothing. But your average Android phone is still going to be a much better phone to get. I, I'm wondering if there's like any kind of niche here for that. You know, like somebody that wants Android but likes the Microsoft ecosystem. I I don't know. Could be. I mean, I could see myself getting one, for example, as like a, a work phone. You know, I use uh, the, my Nexus 4 as my work phone, but if I just wanted a practically a throwaway device with nothing important on it, just Office, you know, Outlook, that kind of ecosystem, then it, it could use something. You know, it it would be useful for that, but you know, most of those applications you can still get on any Android phone. So, yeah. Oh well, uh, it will be interesting to see what they end up doing with it. But yeah, I mean, I considered ordering one just as a hundred dollar, you know, pickup, just like a toy to kind of play with, kind of check it out. And plus, to say, ooh, I've got a Nokia X, but there's nothing appealing to that phone other than the name. Was that they were trying to ride the whole X? The Moto X, they're like that was popular. Can we call it the 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 Noto X? The I mean yeah. the Nokia. I like. What can we call it? Come on, guys, yeah. let's spitball here. Yeah, I mean the Moto G stomps all over it, much less the Moto X. So, geez, yeah. Oh yeah. So, and when when did you uh, did you say when they were coming out? I think the uh, small versions are out now, and the XL is coming out soon. But nice. I, don't, I don't recall the dates. Um, I, I've seen a few videos videos of it online on YouTube, but I don't recall the dates. At least a couple are out now. Pretty interesting to see what ends up happening with that. Uh, also, we have the Mozilla $25 smartphone, Firefox OS, uh, coming to some markets here for 2014. Kind of exciting, I think. I mean, Firefox, yeah. the browser, becoming yeah, the inter- an OS. Yeah, the interesting thing about the Firefox phones is there's actually a few different manufacturers like Alcatel, HP, um, ZTE all have Firefox phones, and there's at least one other manufacturer that I, I can't re- recall offhand. But there's multiple Firefox phones, and ironically, there's a Firefox phone out before there's anything like a Chrome OS phone, like a Chrome phone. Like it, it seems like Chrome OS, you know, they've got these notebooks, and they seem to be heading more towards touchscreen tablets, you know, but uh, they're staying away. But there's Firefox phones you can get, and but yet again, these are for those emerging markets where you can pick them up for $25, for example, or 40 bucks, or whatever. So Right, right. Nothing you're going to see in, like, Verizon or, or AT&T or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I know a friend in Europe that, that ordered uh, a Firefox phone, like, for, I don't know how many euros he paid for it, but it wasn't that much. But, you know, just as something to play with, but he doesn't use it as a daily driver. But, I mean, it would be like the Nokia X, just kind of something to pick up to play around with. Right. Say, I've got it, maybe. I don't know. Just something to waste money on. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, Argentina, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Ecuador, Germany, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Panama, all, all sorts of of places getting it. Uh, there's a big article on Android Central. If you guys want to read more about it, I just wanted to mention. I thought that was interesting. The twenty, It's like the headline, right? The $25 smartphone. Oh, my God. Buy a billion of them, and let's just build a freaking landfill with them <laughs> like uh, yeah that's well cool. that's the thing you right. wonder if an average feature phone has more features than a firefox phone so 
Well, what does it look like? Have you messed with any of this at all? Like, did you did I, you check the? Oak? I've seen a few videos, but I've not personally messed with it. The, is it literally the, a Firefox tab? <laughs> the the pitch seems to be, hey, you can run HTML5 apps natively in it. So, which is cool, right? Because a lot of stuff's yeah. written in HTML5. So if it, I mean that that's kind of cool, but yeah, there's more potential for usage. I if, feel like if you you need for it. For you that, almost, you yeah. need more, like. There's there's a lot of hardware stuff that I don't know. Does HTML5 handle like accelerometers and all of this different hardware stuff that that is in smartphones? All of the sensors and everything. There's probably an API to make it all work, but uh, I just don't know how how well the the apps operate. I mean, I use a Chromebook, but it's on considerably higher powered right. hardware, relatively speaking, to like a smartphone. And then you get to the area or the class of a feature phone running Firefox OS. I'm just not sure how how enjoyable, like I've seen some of the movements moving between screens and it's not terribly smooth, it's not bad, but I can't imagine how apps run. I wonder like what what it could do if you gave like the browser two gigs of RAM and this, you know, quad core processor, like would it be, it would be a lot of wasted resource pretty much, right? Could be, it just depends on how well the apps are made. Sure, and, uh, sure. So, I mean, I'm optimistic that something can happen from this, but right now it's on very low-end hardware. You know, one thing Google did right was when they created their Nexus line, they created decent hardware for the time that they came out. In this case, Firefox is coming out with their OS on budget, low-end. I mean, $25 phone. So, yeah. And uh, let's just, I guess, continue speaking about uh, new phones. This one is the one out of the three so far that we're we're talking about that I I kind of think is is new and innovative. Uh, it's the Yoda phone, and what it is is on one side, you know, you got your your four point seven inch just straight up phone display, but on the back of it, it's like e ink. Yeah, and that I don't know something about that like. You have all of this wasted yeah. space, right, on the back of your phone. You might as well be able to use it for something. I, th- I think that's cool. It's a step in a, a new direction of sorts. Having something you can read. You can read a, a book or a newspaper, you know, or an article or whatever on the back of this. Have this screen completely off, you know, and completely save battery life. Because so you've much got battery. This display and with minimal effort, you know, maybe – go from page to page. So there, I'm actually more excited about the Russian Yoda phone than I am about the isn't Firefox that, phone. Isn't that crazy? Have, so. so you could save like so much battery for that. And they say uh, you can use it for things like uh, responding to SMS, answering phone calls, meeting invites, posting to your social networks. Uh, all of that can be done on the e-ink display. Claiming 50 hours of battery life on the e-ink side, right? That, yeah, that's, it's like it's like running cool. in standby mode, but you've got a screen that works, so that's kind of cool. It'll be interesting to see, like, when they come out. Uh, where are they talking about last, uh, lat towards the end of the year, twenty fourteen, in certain markets, Russia and EMEA markets. So, uh, I kind of want one. I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, one thing. Yeah, one thing that's cool about it is it's got. Modern hardware now. It does wireless charging and NFC. So it's five inch element amp. So it's got a lot of potential, and it's nice that they've brought the hardware specs up up to this year. So yeah. Yeah. Snapdragon 800. Did you say that? Yeah. Five yeah. inch AMOLED. Right. Okay. So 
yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, speaking of NFC, I had an experience here locally. It's not often I go to a place and it has the little credit card thing with the the NFC symbol on it. And usually when I see them, they're not lit up. And I was at this grocery store, and I saw one, and it was totally lit up. And so, like, she's she's putting my sandwich, my lunch in, in the bag, and I'm, like, trying to pull out my phone to turn NFC on because I always keep it off. And, and, and it turned on, and I was like, all right, cool. And I, I, I touched it, and it vibrated, and she was like, oh, what's that? I didn't know that worked. And I was like, yeah, totally, it worked. And then it wouldn't process. So it was on, but not activated, I guess. So then I had to pay with my Google wallet card, but I was so excited for like two seconds. I was so like, close, Whoa. Yet so far away. Yeah. yeah. It was so seamless. It did the thing and it popped up wallet and it was like, put in your pin. And I did. And it was like transaction not approved. So I, I, I wanted to mention that it's not often I get to play with uh, that here. I think the last time I got to use it and it worked was in Vegas for uh, CES. I was all excited. I wanted to keep going back to the, I think yeah. CVS is what the place was, but it totally worked. It, it's like such a great, if you could do that everywhere, like life would be grand. Yeah, I've got wallet well, I'll set up on my Nexus 4, but I haven't, I've yet to use it as far as like a device to pay for anything. So one day. <laughs> one day. Before the feature becomes, you know, becomes deprecated and no one uses it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, let's see, Amazon supposedly getting ready for its Android set-top box. We talked about this a while ago. We kind of talked about it as like a gaming console, or is this is this something different, or is this what we talked about a few episodes ago? It could probably do 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 it all. At least, hopefully, you'd think someone like Amazon would if they're gonna put time and effort and money into a device like this that would do more than just watch movies or stream content. Even a Roku box can play some games. And, of course, you get something like an Ouya, and that's all it does. But in theory, you could add on other stuff, you know. ABK but this is and... something else. They're also coming out with the the, the console? I, I think it's a separate thing. Uh, article on Android Authority, they say there's also the rumor that Amazon is set to launch its own Android-powered gaming console to throw into the mix. So, I mean, rumors, of course, but, yeah, maybe this yeah. is the thing. Maybe they're it's like, possible. why do just a gaming console? And I guess that makes sense, right? You're Amazon. Why would you limit yourself? You went through all this trouble to get something into people's living rooms that they're going to sit yeah. around and stare at for hours on end. Like, you might as well make it able to do everything. Well, the cool thing is, if, even if they do go the strategy of, say, like set-top box here and like a game system here, it would allow you to do more things in the store. And they do have a fair number of games in the store. I mean, certainly more than the Microsoft <laughs> store, no matter the Android or Windows uh, market. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm optimistic for it. And now, you know, now that we see something like the Nokia X come out, it's like it seems more likely someone like Amazon would actually – create their own like phone or their set-top box or game console. Right, so. right. They definitely have the resources to do it. Uh, they're looking for a March release for the TV device. So that's uh, like next week. I mean, Good time. March is a long month, but yeah, you know. Yeah. February <laughs> is a short month, so yeah. <laughs> uh, article says a set-top box has long seemed like a sensible move for Amazon given the vast catalog of video content that they offer. 
interestingly, Amazon has just rebranded and combined its Love Film Instant Service into Amazon Prime Instant Video. Now, is to get a little off topic here, is Amazon also paying Comcast for their packets, or is it just Netflix? Because you would think, right, with Netflix paying, that's more of a push for other potential big dog streaming services. Because if not, you're going to be left in the dirt like me and Nick here, you know? <laughs> well, the door is open now. So they paid it. That if Amazon is charged or Google's charged to get, you know, quality service. So I don't know. I wonder if they paid it so that in some weird long roundabout way, eventually they will end up suing Comcast for extortion. But there can be no extortion if you don't pay, right? So you gotta pay and then be like, "Gotcha." That would be so amazing. I would watch that show. Yeah, I'm one of those Comcast customers that is struggling to get SD content from Netflix to smooth, to stream smoothly. What so does it wouldn't surprise me. What does Comcast think about our packets here right now? This hangout are they are they cool with the, with us hanging out or what? <laughs> I don't know. Looking like it might be. Is is it any better? I like completely turned the Wi-Fi off. <laughs> so if roommates kick the door open. But that's why. Is it better? Not really. My bandwidth? Is it any better? Nick? No? Uh, kind it, of. It's still a little bit uh, jumpy for you. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Lots of lots of people in District 9 watching Netflix right now. <laughs> so are, are you uh, connected uh, directly to the wi- Wi-Fi router? Yeah, cabled. Everything okay. in here is cabled except the Got tablets. It. So I just went yeah. into the router and like just killed the Wi-Fi completely. <laughs> <laughs> I have to remember I, to I go back it because that dropped the Chromecast, I'm sure. And if they were anyway, uh, oh. so yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting also to see what their gaming console is like and how much uh, they the two interact with each other. So, uh, smartwatches, lots of those coming out of Mobile World Congress. Uh, this one article on Android Authority, the Tizen-powered Gear 2 and the Gear 2 Neo. We talked about this last week that it was going to be getting announced. Um, yeah, did, is this... It kind of looks like Pebble, like the, the, the interface here. I mean, that's interesting that, that they went with with that. Gigahertz dual-core CPU, 512 megs of RAM. Not too bad for something that's like this big. Are you into these watches? You know what? I'm more into the the little what is it the the fit version of that the Gear Fit. That one actually looks kind of cool. I've actually had an idea for like a a smartwatch that is like thinner and wider, almost like a widescreen. If you can imagine like a smartwatch that's 16 by 9 in terms of aspect ratio, that would probably be pretty decent, even if it's a small screen. Well, that's kind of what the what it's like with the the Gear Fit. It it small, curved, thin display that looks more like a watch and acts more like a watch but can do things like check your heart, <laughs> your heartbeat and stuff like that and ha- actually have some uses. So I'm, I'm more interested in the Gear Fit than I am the Gear Neo or the, any of the other Gear uh, smartphones. So you don't so much want a watch as you want just something that will monitor and send signal to your phone. Yeah. 
Well, it can be used somewhat as a standalone device, and you can also load it up with some uh, music as well, from what I understand. And they got rid of the cameras, huh? <laughs> or no, they still have cameras. Uh, the Gear Neo and the two Gear Neos do the Fitbit. I do uh, the Gear <laughs> Fitbit. The Gear Fit. I do not believe. No, the a, Gear yeah. Two Neo does not have the built-in camera. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so many Samsung. Yeah, I, so I did confusing. Not expect three different uh, smartwatches to be announced by Samsung. Maybe it's the same one, but just different colors. I think Samsung might have tricked you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Galaxy Gear coming out. When are we going to see these? They're Soon. out. Soon, <laughs> April, possibly. And no word on pricing. So expected. Yeah. What was yeah, the no price of the? What was the price of the first one? It was like expensive, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like three hundred bucks for the original uh, Galaxy Gear. <sighs> Yeah, I would I would just just to have something that tossed notifications on my wrist rather than in my pocket, I would pay like under 100 bucks. 100 bucks or less. If it looked cool and it was it was well done, but n- any more than that, like I don't I don't know. It becomes clunky, yeah. right? You you can only I would be happy with like the e-ink an e-ink one that just was like, "Yo, here's a notification, here's what it like a an excerpt of it." Or who it's from, even. Yeah, I know last year's CES, there was a smartwatch announced with an e-ink display. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, uh, that had like a week of battery life. So that would probably be the way to go. If you're going to build a smartwatch, use an e-ink display. Yeah. Yeah, if and for nothing Pebble else. Is somewhat like e-ink, and that has you know a few days you know, of uh, usage. So I think right now the Pebble is still probably the smart watch to get at least at this moment in time yeah good old tizen i don't know it looks all right i mean for watches what we're on second gen now so it's yeah. it's getting there s- slowly and i mean obviously it, in a business you don't want to like throw everything out all at once right you gotta come out with like oh Here's what we could do, and then next year it's like, oh, here's one better than that, and then you know the planned obsolescence thing. You got to make money, right? You can't just throw it all out there all at once, and and then be like, well, that was everything we had. Sorry, guys. Got to save something for the next round. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, that's I, the Sam- the Samsung approach is basically throw everything, throw as many things as possible, and see what sticks. So that's right. With tap dancing girls in bathing suits. <laughs> I don't think they did that, but you you know what I mean. Uh, I would like to see an app that takes advantage of this IR thing and lets you, like, mess with TVs and stuff. <laughs> you know, just yeah. for fun. But, all right. Uh, let's see. What else should we talk about? Uh, the Sony Smart Band, SWR10, coming in March, possibly. Another one of those, like, Fitbit-esque devices. The more I see these, the more I kind of want to get one just for work because I do walk <laughs> a lot. But putting my keeping my phone like it's it's plugged into the truck because I it, I have like a tape player in the truck, so it's like plugged into the headphone jack of that and then the charger. So taking it in and out is just a pain in the butt. But if I had something I could just like pop on my ankle or my arm or something under my jacket, like that would be perfect because I walk a yeah. lot. Like I would be really interested <laughs> to see exactly how many how many miles I walk. 
Yeah, this actually looks kind of cool. The uh, I mean, it doesn't have a, like a display, but it looks like really just a, a relatively thin and light band won't be in the way. It looks like right, and I mean, it doesn't need a display, right? Yeah, like you just have track, a display on your phone. Why would you burn more battery on something that you? I would think of it as just something you put on when you like put your shoes on and you forget about <laughs> it until after work, right, or after the end of your day. It's just something that's there. You don't need yeah. to interact with it because it's sending all of the signals to your phone. Kind of cool. Yeah, this... I wonder if we'll see more of these devices come out where it's like, hey, here's a sensor here, here's a sensor there, and they're all connected to your phone. They, they tell your phone everything about you. This <laughs> so one's kind of interesting, though, too, because they're taking it that next step and saying that it's going to vibrate to let you know when you get a call or message on the phone. So that's kind of cool. I mean, obviously, no display. You're not going to – but it's going to vibrate. And I mean, I guess your phone vibrates, but – you know, it's trying to get more functionality out of something that you're wearing yeah. anyway, right? One of these days, these will tell you if you're about to have a stroke or an aneurysm. It's pretty useful, I guess. <laughs> you're having, like a countdown timer, you're having a stroke in T-minus three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, okay, Google now, what is the closest <laughs> hospital? Get me an Sorry. Uber, please. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and, yeah, there's no price yet for the Sony one also. But coming out in March again next week. Uh, well, we don't know when in March, but, you know, March is March yeah. is <laughs> right around the corner. So For a price, but soon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Cool ideas. Cool, cool stuff. Uh, Intel, we could talk about this. Dual-core, quad-core, 64-bit devices coming in 2014. Uh, Android Central... How's the article? It's kind of cool. Um, the Merrifield dual core and the Morefield, a quad core, both support LTE and uh, shown off on stage at the press event. Reference devices by Herman Yule, VP of Mobile and Communications there. Uh, both come with a set of pretty bold, but not yet not completely unrealistic claims based on previous Intel efforts in mobile. Uh, energy efficiency and long battery life is one of the top priorities with the new 64-bit processors while still maintaining a high level of performance. What do you think about 64-bit stuff in mobile? I mean, tablets and, and things, I guess, but like smartphones, do you need it? Is it not, not yet? Are we going to need the, it? <laughs> no, I mean, the funny thing with you know the iPhone was you know it's got only one gig of RAM, but hey, we can execute 64-bit code. You know, that's kind of kind of the deal with, you know, none of these smartphones yet are that close to exceeding four gigs of, of RAM, for example. But, you know, you've got the Note 3, you know, that's three gigs of RAM on that. The that's LG the top, right? We're, we're at yeah. three right now as far as yeah. most, right? And that's, but I mean, from, that's a hugely noticeable jump when you go from one to two, like going from the GeneX to the Moto X. Like yeah. two gigs is great. I couldn't imagine three being amazing, and then four is like, all right, now we're now we're just wasting. Well, I think the interesting thing is when it comes to like the really large tablets or maybe a notebook that's built on ARM architecture, that could have some advantages. Like you know, there's a Samsung Chromebook, for example, that's built on the Exynos five uh, chip, and that's got two gigs of RAM in it. A lot of people that use Chromebooks would rather have four gigs of RAM on the next Chromebook. So let's say you get a new Chromebook, for example, or any sort of a notebook running, you know, say Chrome OS and, uh, or some other version of Linux, and it has like a new Intel or Qualcomm 64-bit 
CPU you could use four gigs of RAM or maybe eight gigs of RAM on one of these alternative operating systems. So, yeah, it would be uh, it'll be interesting to see what the developers then will do with it, right? Yeah, like you develop with the hardware and resources that you you have, and you try and keep it a little under, hopefully. Yeah, well, it's better to get this out now, you know, than wait a couple of years when we actually do need sixty four gig, sixty four bit, you know, processors. So right. Uh, let's see, anything else in there? They had the Q&A. Uh, they asked which area of the mobile market each chip was aimed at, and uh, they said high-end Android device, but perhaps more mainstream uh, outperforms other CPUs and is targeted at the top-end devices. So giant freaking Android tablets powered <laughs> by 64-bit Intel architecture. Kind of cool. Did you see, I guess, kind of going back to watches, this is just a leak of an early prototype, but the Motorola Google Watch, uh, Android Police had an article, uh, some pictures of it. I mean, definitely prototype stuff, but interesting that Motorola yeah. Motorola makes awesome hardware. I mean, the the X, the, the old droids were great for their time. Like, they, they really do well at hardware. This... Is this going to be? This isn't a Lenovo thing, right? Because this, this, these are pictures from like last year, I think. Well, Lenovo is always trying to branch out, so I'm sure they'll take advantage of this. You know, now that they have Mo- Motorola Mobility as theirs, they own it; it's all theirs. So, uh, I would not be surprised to see them continue with these kind of efforts to produce the smartwatch. So, and in fact, we may see multiple OEMs produce their Android smartwatch, just like we have now with maybe more of a Google experience on board. So, And this is kind of cool. If you look at the bottom, uh, there's a picture of the watch band, and you flip up the thing, and it's like a USB, and you can plug it in to charge it. It's kind of an interesting way, yeah. better than having to plug in this cable, right? You just plug the, the, the watch in, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. That's pretty intelligent, actually. So. Yeah, yeah, right? That's It's different because you see all yeah. of these devices and they all, even my tablet sitting up here has that cord plugged into it. And I mean, obviously, you, you have to plug something in uh, unless yeah. you're going wireless induction. But yeah. <laughs> I guess you could do that with a watch, right? You have, like, when you buy a watch from a store, it comes in that thing that it's wrapped around. You yeah. could almost, like, turn that into a charger of sorts and just put your watch on it. But yeah. So uh, that's kind of cool. And obviously, I mean, Google Now Cards, perfect for a watch, right? Yeah. They're cards. They're perfect for gla- any any kind of small type of screen that you want to get uh, information out on in a, in a easily easy-to-read manner. So uh, let's see. What else? Oh, there was a Tech Secure update. I should mention that. This is kind of cool. They... Uh, Let's see if I can show you guys this. They did a little redesign, and they fixed the lag problem. So, and uh, I don't know if you can see that with the lack of bandwidth we're having, but the little icon up in the upper right's uh, different. Uh, when you pull down the, what's that called? The shade, the notification shade. Now you can tap that if you're already unlocked with your passphrase uh, to go into the, the app. So that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Smoother, faster. They fixed the lag problem that it was having, so that's pretty cool. I mean, we can, I may want to consider getting this, actually. I remember you mentioning it in one of our previous episodes, and I told myself I was going to get it, and I forgot. But, yeah, it's uh, been like my my go-to text app. It's the only one I use now. I used to use Handsent, and then 
uh, way back when Sherwin mentioned about the whole non-deleting, deleting thing. And I just haven't, I'm sure that it's fixed. I just don't, I don't even care because tech secure, uh, works awesome. Cool. So, all right. Well, why don't we just do some app picks and wrap it up since this bandwidth is kind of frustrating. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do that. Uh, what do you got for us? Okay. I've got an app. Where, well, I'm not going to bother showing it on the phone, but, uh, <laughs> on the tablet, but it's called Ridge racer slipstream. And it's about a company that's been out for a long time called Namco Bandai. They used to produce a lot of little console games back in the day. And, this is uh, the a... arcade Ridge Racer from back yeah. in the day? Oh, man. Yeah. I gotta, I'm yeah. downloading it right now when I turn Yeah, they've got an Android version. And it looks pretty good. And actually, like on my Nexus 7, my original Nexus 7, it still plays pretty, pretty well. So, uh, and it's got a really good tutorial mode. Um, like, all right. So, first of all, it's free off the Google Play Store. It does have a tutorial where it actually teaches you how to race. Like it says, hey, here's the different ways you can steer, either you know through the gyroscope or, or you know, on-screen controls and different ways for you can accelerate or brake, etc. So it teaches you how to do that. It, it teaches you how to drift. In fact, drifting is very important in this game because you're going to come up across a lot of curves in this game. We've only been able to uh, get get through the first level, but or the first track. But there's a lot of curves, and you really have to learn how to drift to get around it. So it kind of teaches you those, those mechanics. And uh, you can uh, change the different driving methods uh, on the fly to, uh, in, in the game. Um, there's Facebook integration. So if you have a Facebook account and you want to uh, kind of share your scores with others, you, know, you can kind of link it to your, your account there. There's also three different modes uh, that you can use to play it. There's a career mode where you can sort of like a single-player game go through the different levels. There's an arcade mode where you can just go and pick, pick the different tracks. And there's a multiplayer mode where you can race against others. I've, I've not tried that. But uh, it's a cool little game. It looks pretty decent, and it plays well enough on my uh, original uh, Nexus 7. So uh, I'd recommend it, and uh, we'll have it uh, on our website if you want to check out you know, the link to it. So. That's awesome. I totally have fond memories of playing Ridge Racer <laughs> when I was a kid in the arcade. It was just one of those cool driving games that they got right. You know, like when yeah. you were like they did that really well. The feedback on the steering wheel. I mean, I'm talking obviously the big arcade thing that you sit in, and like <laughs> that was one of the ones that when you busted a drift around the ridge, like you were you kind of felt it. It, it was cool. So. Uh, yeah, good pick for sure. All right, I got an app pick. It's gonna apply to like of like the most tiniest fraction of of listeners, uh, but it is cool. And um, I've been doing a lot of snowboarding up on the mountain lately, so uh, I never thought to look. Now that I'm back into it, to see if the mountain has an app, because last time I used to ride, there was no smartphones or anything. Like ten years ago, so uh, my buddy, my roommate, was like, "Yeah, check out the app. It's cool. It's got uh, it's called Ski Whitefish." A uh, big mountain whitefish ski resort. That's our mountain here. Um, but it tracks if you put in your season pass number, it'll tell you what rank you are and how much elevation you've gone, how many vertical feet, uh, that kind of stuff. It has the one I've been looking at because we also snowmobile up there is the weather report. And it doesn't just have the weather report, but then it has the, uh, they call it the snow report. They have the guy up there that actually like is out there and writes about it. So you can see kind of from somebody's point of view. So it has that on there, which is all really, really handy. If if you live in Montana and Northwest and you ride this mountain, so 
Uh, there's summit cams and everything if you want to just check it out and see. Uh, and a whole list of events, lodging, specials, the shot of the day, the trail maps, which if you're new to the mountain might be something handy to have. Uh, the snow bus and and everything. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's something I've just been using lately. Like every day, I check it to see how the snow is. And yeah, so That's check it cool. out. We we don't get much snow down here in Texas. You well, know, we sure. kind of freak out if there's an inch of snow. So <laughs> you're living the the good life. <laughs> oh yeah, we were we were in so much snow last weekend. It, it was insane. But yeah, hopefully it'll be good this weekend too. Hopefully all of the avalanches have fallen so that we can go uh, play. But all right, well Nick, good show. Good cut short. Hopefully bandwidth will be fixed uh, by next week. Uh, join us. Hopefully it's fixed tomorrow. Hell, we got yats tomorrow. So join us for that uh, Wednesday evening. And uh, attack the androids every Tuesday. Subscribe in iTunes. We appreciate that. Rise to review. If you'd like, uh, email show at attackoftheandroids.com. You can always leave us a message at 406-204-4687. Uh, we're happy to help with any of your Android device woes. So we've got a Google Plus community, a Facebook page, Twitter account, all that stuff. Check it out. It's all on the site, attackoftheandroids.com. Uh, Matt Lee, this is Nick Carroll, of course, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a great night. <laughs> It's Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.